morning and welcome to another Liberty's Lantern. Today we're going to be talking about drug legalization and decriminalization. What do those terms mean and what does it mean for us, every American out there? So hold on, we'll be right back. back. So today we're going to be talking about, and, and we're going to be focusing in on marijuana exclusively, but obviously there's other drugs out there as well, but that's going to be a little bit beyond the scope today. So first of all, there are two different camps. There are camps of people talking about marijuana legalization, and then there are people talking about marijuana decriminalization, and they're very different. Legalization basically means that it's going to be treated the same exact way as tobacco or alcohol. Decriminalization kind of puts it into a limbo status where it's not exactly legal, but it's not really illegal either. So it, it's that weird in-between world. Uh, there's abilities to still make distribution illegal or certain quantities illegal, but the material itself or marijuana itself in small quantities would be completely okay to have. Uh, it would be that weird gray area. Obviously already that would cut a lot of people out of our prison system. There would be an in, in instantaneous savings uh, within our prison system. Obviously, our privatized prison system doesn't want us going this route, and for obvious reasons. But, yeah, uh, that's another conversation for another time. Actually, if you ever check out uh, online, there's a, a video called Adam Explains Everything. He has one on uh, the privatized prison system. It's actually really good and just kind of describes the privatized prison system eloquently and with great facts and numbers behind it. Back to our topic. I want to talk a little bit more about drug legalization. Now, so we've defined the difference between drug decriminalization and, and drug legalization. Drug legalization or marijuana legalization is going to be where our biggest bump or a the biggest influence is. If you look at the total prison population in the United States, as of December of 2016, according to the federal justice system, there are currently 2,220,300 individuals in prison, or just shy of 1% of the United States. Almost 1 in 100 individuals in the United States are currently in prison, which is a scary thought unto itself. Out of those 2,220,000, 1,300,000 
and 16,409 of them have a drug-related charge with it. So half of the, more than half of the entire prison population also carries a drug charge. For simple possession of marijuana, nationally, 206,300 possession charge. So more than simple possession, but is 46,000. Nonviolent drug, well, and all of these were nonviolent, by the way. So nonviolent simple possession, nonviolent possession. Now, nonviolent drug-related charge. So this could be growing marijuana. This could be uh, distribution with intent to sell, uh, very large quantities of marijuana. Uh, uh, drug paraphernalia actually would fall into this too. Uh, we're talking about an additional 160,300. So out of those 1.3 million who have drug charges, and those are going to be violent, uh, and well, okay. So out of all of those, the nonviolent are 412,600. So the other 904,000 individuals are either violent or they have heroin or crack cocaine, something else. So there's 900,000 of those. I am just focusing in on the marijuana. So where marijuana is the worst offense that they're in prison for, that's 412,600 individuals, or 18.5% of our entire prison population. 18.5% of our entire prison population is there for nothing but marijuana, and they are nonviolent. That's amazing. So, out of those 412,600 individuals, if they fall statistically like everybody else that has ever gone to prison before, 75% of them will be back in prison within five years because they couldn't get a job, they are back in for another violent, a nonviolent violent uh, drug charge, they're in, because they couldn't get a job, they were now involved in a violent drug charge or just a violent crime, but 75% of them are going to be back in prison. 75%. And they were there because of a non-violent drug charge for the first time. That's pretty huge. 95% of them will return to drugs immediately after release from prison because they had no support or received no treatment while in prison. 45% were addicted to harder drugs while in prison. 
while in prison, 45% of the 412,600 became addicted to harder drugs than marijuana while in prison. You want to know what the gateway drug is? Looks like it's prison. So, for these 412,600 individuals that are in the prison system, they cost you, the taxpayer, and taxes are going to be another conversation altogether, but they cost you today $12 billion a year. $12 billion. If we legalize marijuana, we get all of those 412,600 out of prison. We're not paying that $12 billion anymore. Now, if we legalize it and we make it like alcohol or we make it like tobacco, we don't need to provide rehabilitation unless if we want to. So let's say we're going to treat weed differently still and give these people rehabilitation. That's going to cost the taxpayer $7 billion. So even if we send them to rehabilitation instead of prison, it's a $5 billion savings. According to rehabilitation statistics in Maryland, 45% of people that go to rehabilitation return to drug use. But remember, when we were talking about prison, 95% immediately return back to drug use after prison. So that's already 50% better. But we've legalized weed, so it really would be a, it would be a, a, a legislative matter at that point. But let's say that we're going to spend that that seven billion dollars on on rehabilitation. So that's wonderful. So we've already just by legalizing, and let's say we don't tax weed, nothing. We don't look at any of the other numbers. We're saving $5 billion, and we're not giving people criminal records. That, in my mind, is already worth it. We're saving money. We can cut taxes. And we're not giving people criminal records so they can maintain being functional parts of our society. Already, I'm sold. But I've got more information. I feel like a telemarketer today because, wait, there's more. So our government loves to tax things, right? It just does. Uh, and I would assume weed is no different than anything else, like alcohol or tobacco. And if we tax marijuana or weed at the same rate that we tax alcohol and we tax uh, tobacco in this country, we're going to generate an additional $8.7 billion. 
$8.7 billion additional in tax revenue. So now we're at $13.7 billion in our pocket as the American taxpayer that we didn't have before. Think about that. What would $13.7 billion in the United States buy us? A heck of a lot. I, I told you though, I'm a telemarketer today, or I'm, I'm a, a, a TV sales host. But wait, there's more. So 95% of people that get out of rehabilitation return to the workforce. They get a job again. And let's assume every single person that goes to rehabilitation is an average American. The average American makes between forty and $44,000 a year. And if we look at the average American's tax burden, between income tax, state tax, gas tax, sales tax, food taxes, this tax, other taxes, every other tax under the sun. That means that the average American pays 27% of their annual income in taxes. So if there are 412,600 but 95% of them become average Americans and are wage earners. That means that $4.5 billion additional income in tax revenue is generated. That means that there is a net savings or a net profit to the United States government of 18.2 billion dollars. That's almost NASA's annual budget. Just by legalizing marijuana, we could send people to the moon again. <laughs> Think about that. Not only are they getting high, but we're getting high up there too. No, okay, bad joke. <laughs> but no, really, I mean, you think about it, $18.2 billion is double what Meals on Wheels gets every single year from the federal government. And yes, okay, I'm a libertarian, I don't want to be spending money federally. So I love these programs that we're talking about, like NASA and, and all of that. But we need to reinvent those too. But I'm just talking about marijuana. So libertarians, I'm with you, but I'm using these as benchmarks. So don't don't get upset. You look at all of these numbers and you wonder why we're not already there. If we take a look just one step further, let's go for total, well, we'll legalize weed, right? And we'll decriminalize everything else. 
if we release just the non-violent drug offenders of non-weed, so that's your methamphetamines, that's your crack, your cocaine, all of them, just your non-violent, right? And non-manufacturing, because I took those out too. If you take just the possessions, you're going to release another 140,000 individuals. So that's another 6% of the prison population. So now we're up to, we're actually just under a quarter of the entire prison population gets to go home. That increases, or well, so increasing that, that brings in the cost of prison for all of those individuals, weed and other drugs, simple possession and nonviolent possessions, would bring the entire cost of prison to a savings of $16 billion. We send all of them, all of those individuals, to rehabilitation. Now it only costs us $9 billion. So there's now a savings of $7 billion. Once again, these people aren't going to prison they're going to rehabilitation. The same statistics apply in rehabilitation. So instead of 5% getting clean in prison, you have 55% getting clean after rehabilitation. You want to talk about compassion. You were talking about the war on drugs. Yeah, let's, let's war on drugs, but let's not send these people to prison. If one of our soldiers, we have to think of every American as a soldier now. And don't think about drugs as the enemy. Well, the drugs are the enemy. But don't think about the people who use them as the enemy. If you find someone who gets addicted to crack, cocaine, heroin, whatever it may be, look at them as the American soldier who got shot on the battlefield. Do you take that soldier who got shot and do you court-martial him? Or do you pin a ribbon on his chest that's called the Purple Heart and send him to the hospital to get better. That's the disconnect. That's the problem that we have right now. We are misidentifying what this war on drugs is. And that's the problem. We should be sending these people to rehabilitation. It costs less. 
it leads it lets them be a more productive member of society who doesn't want that everyone wants that and we don't even need to change the terminology we just need to change the focus To me, it is so simple. To me, it's so common sense. Why do not other people understand this? So let's legalize marijuana, decriminalize everything else, increase our overproduct our, our productive population will increase. Now, this doesn't even touch the numbers of all the other individuals that get out and don't go back in. Because remember, at the very beginning, we were talking about 75% of individuals who are charged with these nonviolent simple possession, possession, uh, and drug-related charges end up back in prison. because they couldn't get a job or whatever. So now this is going to have a ramification in the future too, where these people don't return. And it's sad that we have lost so many already that had been lost into the revolving door of our prisons. But we can stop it here. We can stop it now. I, I think I need to get off my soapbox because I feel like I'm a little preachy at this moment. But I don't understand why people don't get it. I don't understand why there's opposition. These aren't the pro the people aren't the problem. I guess that's all I have to really say on that. But I thank you for watching. I thank you for taking some time out on your on your weekends here or, or throughout the week. Uh, till next week. And we're going to be talking about a brand new topic and make sure that we get a, uh, a good libertarian slant on it. Oh, by the way, the flag behind me is the Whiskey Rebellion. So uh, the Whiskey Rebellion flag. And if you don't know what the Whiskey Rebellion is, look it up. It is a uh, the first civil war of the United States. It was fought during the time of George Washington. So uh, very interesting as well. Good reading. Also, we're still doing our fundraiser. If you've watched this far, I, I thank you for it. And I want you to share this video. I, I challenge you to share this video so all of your friends can see it. And I challenge them and I challenge you to invite all your friends to be fans of Liberty's Lantern. Because Liberty can only grow when we are all on board. But again... Have a great week. I will see you next week, and we will talk more about your freedom, our freedom, everyone's freedom.
Thank you.